Hello and welcome to Hinge Johnny's Reviews and Part 2 of Rocktober. My look at rock icon horror movies. With the rock icons, Charles Cooper, Iggy Pop, Henry Rollins, Gene Simmons and Rob Zombie. So last week I covered the Little Noah 1984 Spanish horror Monster Dog, starring Alice Cooper and check my archives for that on Zoomclude.com. Today I'm looking at Sack, a little-known vampire rock horror comedy from 2009, starring once again Alice Cooper, Iggy Pop and Henry Rollins. I picked this up on one of my many Halloween horror hunts back in 2010, having never heard of it or any of its star apart from Alice and Go. The reason why I bought this actually is because for Alice Cooper. As I said last week, I am a huge Alice Cooper fan. Anyway, I popped this in and turned it off after 10 minutes because it was just so crap. Whew. Anyway, so seven years later, or rather six years later, since it's 2010 I bought this, is this going to be any more watchable? Hmm. So this will be the very first time I watch this from start to finish. Not a lot of information I can find on this, uh, such as budgets and how much it made, but judging by the fact I can't find this movie anywhere, and I'm guessing this ain't tanked. As for the special features on the DVD, well that was a waste of an hour, as I learned next to nothing about this movie, apart from how bad the effects were, because they were deemed to be funny bad. So with that, it's on with the show, starring Rob Stefan, Stefanke, I think I pronounced that thing, Jessica Parry, Paul Anthony, Mike Lebeau, and now people you've actually heard of before, Alice Cooper, Henry Rollins, Iggy Pop, and Malcolm McDowell. Directed by Rob Stefan. Stefanke? I suppose that bloody thing. Anyway, the plot, a struggling band, the winners, will do anything to become famous, including vampirism. Can wimpy vampire slayer Eddie Van Helsing stop them before it's too late? The movie opens up on local DJ, Rockin' Roger, played by Henry Rollins, as he cuts a promo for the battle of the band that never actually happens. Then it shows some terrible CGI slash stop motion bats flying towards an unnamed town, then doing some dark dank alibis and into a dive bar. It's here we meet Queenie, and right off the bat that's a terrible name for a vampire, Queenie. Oh dear, dear. <clears throat> Played by Dimitri Coates. Then all his Mad Hatter ripoff realness. That's the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland, 2009, so Johnny Depp, not the Batman Mad Hatter villain. I swear to God, this is like someone doing a Mad Hatter cosplay badly. It's the same outfit, the same hair, the same pale white face, a lot. No thing is different, but this one is he's got bangs. And then we meet the band, The Winners. As they sing a two-on-the-nose song, Something Wicked This Way Comes, to a disinterested bar as Queenie sashes through the, the crowd. And we, the camera hangs on bartender Alice Cooper as he polishes a fruit knife. The band are lead singer Joey, played by Rob Stefanke, who also wrote and directed this. Guitarist Tyler, played by Paul Anthony. Bassist Jennifer, played by Mad Minds Jessica Parry, which I know I've saw before, you know. And drummer Sam, played by Mike Lobel. Uh, the camera also pants to the band manager, Jeff, played by Kids in the Hall star, Dave Foley, as he plays on his phone disinterestedly. The camera then holds on Queen's face, and this just looks ridiculous. It's a bad Mad Hatter cosplay with vampire fans, as I said earlier. This is just too stupid to be scary as he gurns 
one quote menacingly at the camera. Anyway, he focuses on Jennifer. And by the way, the band are actually apparently singing and playing their instruments. So that's something, I guess. Then, finally, the cheap titles show up. It's then, it then shows Jeff trying to get Joey to fire him as it's quote-unquote good for the band. Now, so you know you're in trouble um, when your manager wants to jump ship. You know your band utter shit when your manager wants to jump ship. And he says he has nothing for him and we should change the image to Japanese hip-hop instead of goth rock, which is well and truly over. Meanwhile, Jennifer is chatted up by Queenie as the groupie Hugo, played by Chris Ratz, laments about leaving Vancouver to do the battle of the bands type tour thing, what the hell that thing is. Anyway, move on. Also, when Latte spots Alice Cooper's daughter, daughter, daughter Kawoko Cooper as a barmaid. So anyway, Jeff goes off to take an important phone call in Japanese, leaving Joey to question what he's done and where he's going in life. So the barman housekeeper gives him some free advice, also a free drink. Outside, the band get pissed about having to sleep in the band's band, which is actually a hearse. So Jennifer goes off with the creepy Matt Hatter, Matt Hatter wannabe, with weird fangs hanging around through his neck for no bloody reason, much to the annoyance of Joey. So at the creepy house, castle, slash, what the fuck it is, in the middle of the woods, the quote-unquote party Jennifer was invited to comes out to be full of white, face-painted goths, all dressed in white, looking like a bad mid-noughties rock music video. As Queenie comes down the stairs, holding a single candle as dry ice, dry ice bills down behind him. Just like that, Jennifer's under his spell as the room literally spins. Meanwhile, Queenie sings her a terrible goth rock song. Flesh and bone, I believe, gurning all the way, trying to desperately to look spooky as his chair spins with Jennifer's sofa. Jennifer has some sort of hyper sped up fit. And okay, love, I know the song is terrible, but it's not that one. Not that bad, love. Just like that, she's a vampire. No biting, no bloodletting, nothing. He just turns her like that. Moving on, the next. Day at noon, the band wonder where she is, as uh, she's a no social, so they up and leave her. And here is the start of what I think is supposed to be a funny turn, as the band cross the road on a zebra crossing, a walkway, I think, to my working listeners, trying to copy the iconic Beatles album cover. Anyway, moving on. How can I tell this is a low budget movie? Simple. Too much goddamn slow motion to expand the picking runtime. So after yet more annoying, unnecessary slow-mo, we get some really bad stop-motion of the hearse driving down a road. Which, as I says earlier, according to the scenes, this was intentionally done bad to inject humour. Hmm. Yet more slow-mo as it suddenly goes into a music video. Hmm. It's Susan, played by Nicole DeBure. Music video. She's Joey's bitchy rich girlfriend who makes them feel like shit and slams the band. Although to be fair, they look like they're in their late 20s, early 30s, and really should be out of this whole band phase anyway. <clears throat> Moving on. As the band does final sound check, Jen walks in and all her full, pale-skinned, rosy-lipped, uh, rosy red-headed vampire realness. Why is it always rosy-lipped, red-headed vampire these movies go to? It's all too Twilight for my liking. 
to enjoy us how she got from Montreal to Toronto. She says she has to ride with the itchies and guessing as a rebel bag, because this should, movie sure as fuck doesn't say so. The movie then cuts back to the creepy house castle in the woods, and we meet one-eyed vampire hunter Eddie Van Helsing, played by Mark McDowell. You know your movie's going to be bad? When McDowell showed up, talk about overrated, see a Rob Zombie's Halloween, but more than that at the end of the month. As he kills an unnamed vampire, but not before asking where the Queen is searching the body, Van Helsing finds a flyer for the band's tour. Whatever the hell that thing is, Battle of the Band's tour thing. Later that night, Joey's girlfriend is having a hard time getting into the club his band is playing in. I'm guessing you've got to put on a list. And one thing, where the fuck is the crowd? I mean, come on, hire some fucking extras. There's not one person. Just some snidey bouncer thing. Not what it's about to end. Anyway, moving on. The band sing another bad song, Going Nowhere, again, to On The Nose, to a bunch of disinterested hipsters. Ah, Jennifer Hare, Hare Bills, and the wind with an unseen one machine, already Beyonce. Wait, that means she's a vampire? Hmm. And she uses her vampire powers to enthrall them. Joey's girlfriend finally gets in, knocking Van Helsing to the ground before he can tell Jennifer is a vampire. Then notices she's on stage, so jealous, she throws her beer bottle as it hits Joey, of course in slow motion, smashing over his head and knocking him to the ground as the band just continues to play on. And with that, Joey is in the middle of a crossroads as Crossroads by Robert Johnson. Poi, way too on the nose, as Alice Cooper's devil vampire type thing shows up, telling him he has a tough choice to make. And then he wakes up. If you have never heard of Robert Johnson, he was a blues singer from the 1930s who supposedly made a deal with the devil on a crossroads to play the guitar that no one else before and gained fame to which he was granted, however he died at age 27, an age which most musical icons seem to die. Anyway, back to this movie. Outside, after the set, the band are packing up and meet Van Helsing, who is afraid of the dark, and always carries a flashlight with him. So the band mock him for being afraid of the dark, um, so he asks where Jennifer is, with them saying she's off to get a bite to eat. So with that, Van Helsing goes to look for her, and that's the end of that scene. Hmm. Leaving the band to tell Joey what happened um, when he was knocked out with Jennifer's magic slow motion, uh, which had the crowd enthralled, and they were loving it. In Van Helsing's car, while listening to an 8-track tape, we get flashbacks to the 1970s, and his wife singing a song which was also on the tape. The movie uses some, the same shot twice of a much younger Malcolm McDowell, Downing whiskey while smoking. Lazy! After her set, we see McDowell, well, some extra in a cheap Beatles wig, hug his wife as Queenie grins on menacingly. Later that night, Van Helsing drives home, finding his wife dead. He screams and then it cuts back to him sitting in a car, swigging whiskey from a hip flask. Back with the band and a roadmap of Canada shows the band going on to the next gig. Yet more stop motion as it shows Queenie's eyes are watching them. In the hearse, Jennifer has some sort of sped up motion fit as Queenie sings to her again. Or is that just a reaction to the sun? Hmm. As her rosy lips are now cracked and chapped, and she looks like she's going to violently throw it up. So anyway, moving on. They arrive at the American border and the band is pulled over. 
and here is another iconic album cover as the drummer faces the American flag with his back to us with the baseball cap tucked in his back pocket all very Bruce Springsteen. The border guard played by Alex Lifeston of Rush fame yeah. grills in until he finds out they're in a band and lets them go. Some lame joke about how he should be in a band and it's a total waste of a bloody scene. Yet more useless filler. Back on the roads, Jennifer feels unwell. So they pull over to some little mom and pop shop where she uses this chance to seduce the geek behind the counter and then uses a straw to kill him by punching in his neck and sucking him dry. Hugo comes out of the toilet while finding her feeding and then just faints. Waking up, he sees Jennifer is back to her full power and is now glowing. With him saying he had a dream that she was a monster, which she laughs off and uses her vampire glamour to make Hugo dismember the body. It's also here she drops it. She also ate the itchies. So that's one of the rival bands dead then. Back of Rock and Roger. As he introduces a song by the quote Secretary of State, a rock band whose gimmick is to be covered in blood while having raw steak pelted at them from their audience. And the lead singer Beef played by Moby and how very unhygienic that is moving on. Meanwhile, the band are wrapped in a Union Jack, which I'm guessing is another album cover. Backstage covered in blood. And it is indeed it's the Who the Kids Are Alright, I believe. So later that night. Back at a motel, the band are hanging out with Beef, who is a rival band member, so why the hell did they hang out with him? Hmm. So he goes to look for papers to smoke more dope, which the band say Jennifer has, who is having some sort of sped motion fit yet again. So he walks in to her room and hits on her, so she gets on her knees and bakes his dick off. Back in the other room, the band, mostly Joy, come up with a plan to record new songs with them saying Jennifer has come up with one, which she shoots down immediately. Then the band all say they're smitten with Jennifer for some unknown reason. Much later that night, we see Van Helsing in his car trying to trail them to a motel in the area, while Hugo is again cutting up Jennifer's victim's body. As he kills a fly and eats it, so now he's all very Renfield all of a sudden. Bored with the, the band, barge into Jennifer's room, Finding her eating Beef's arm, something vampires do not do, as all they do is drink blood, not eat their bodies, that's bloody fun. It what zombies, you twat. She uses her vampire powers on him, however, it doesn't work. And her and Joy, Joy have it out with him, throwing her out of the band. However, the band members say she's the best thing about the band, and it's a waste of fucking time. Moving on, so Van Helsing shows up at the motel. Just as Jennifer shows off her powers, then explains what happens to her, and again the scene goes nowhere. So Van Helsing shows up minutes later, but the band is now gone, finding only blood and gore, as he's a flash of his dead wife in the tub. At a diner, Joy lays down some ground rules, such as no more killing, and no band members to be turned into vampires, much to the annoyance of Hugo. Back with Rock and Roger again, he introduces the Winners website and a new song. I almost killed you last night. Gotta say, I'm getting off the Queen of the Down from this. A vampire rock musician, a sexy mysterious vampire, and a really piss poor terrible script. Yet more lame stop motion plays showing the hearse driving up a rocky cliff as Queenie's eyes look on. 
I have to say that it's a really, really bad name for a vampire king. Henry, on the roads we see images flash up of Jennifer eating something, Hugo covered in blood, Alice Cooper's vampire devil type thingy, and ominous road signs saying a route 666 this way and a rock band a falling. At a super secret recording studio, we meet a victor played by Iggy Pop. So, Jennifer sings the song she wrote as Hugo acts more and more like Renfield. After the recorded song, Victor asks Joey how long Jennifer's be a vampire and that he should sleep with one eye opened. Then it cuts to Tyler begging Jennifer to turn him. Meanwhile, Victor advises Joey to get rid of the vampire before it's all too late for him and his band. On the roads, and Tyler is now turned. At another hipster dive bar, Jennifer is all vamped out as a David Bowie song plays. Uh, here comes the night, I believe. Again, that is well too on the bloody nose as she walks super slow motion, wind blowing her scarf and her hair, into some dealer guy who gives her two exited tablets. Hmm. So anyway, moving on. Backstage, Joey notices Sam's now changed into a vampire, and going out to meet the band's manager, Joey has it out with him and his girlfriend and asks if Jeff is now sleeping with her, which he denies. So Jeff then tells him he has an interview with Rock and Roger in the morning and then he just pisses off taking the girlfriend with him as she says they have been sleeping with another other for weeks. Going backstage, Joy uses the two exit tablets which he thinks are painkillers and a new drugged up Joy plays another on and song, Your Brain on Drugs. And okay, I'm getting sick and goddamn fucking tired of these on and nose songs. Have you ever heard of the word subtle? Jesus Christ. And moving on. The band used their vampire powers to glamour the audience and they're all loving it. Backstage, Joey freaks out when he figures out all the band members are now vampires. Van Helsing shows up wearing what looks like a jetpack with torches all over it and the band just vanishes into fog. Finally, we get to see the rocking Roger and the Winter Winners interview, which I think is from the start and it's good throughout this movie. As he introduces their songs, he does nothing but insults them, so he gets eaten live on air as Van Helsing sits in the car and listens on. More roadmap with stupid little jokes on it that has been going on throughout the movie, and yet more lame, cheap stop motion effects. Finally, finally, in New York, Jeff tells them the PR stunt worked and everybody in the club wants to sign him to the record label outside the club, and oh my god, there's a crowd! Wow, they must have splashed it and paid for some bloody extras. And I'm not even going to bother mentioning the lame on the nose song playing as I'm just over this now. Van Helsing gets in after telling the bouncer he's afraid of the dark and that's why he carries a flashlight. Because that's funny, right? A vampire slayer being afraid of the dark. No, that's just fucking lame. Meanwhile, backstage, Joy has a vision of Alice Cooper's vampire king devil telling him to live his dream and it was not his fault that his girlfriend was turned by a vampire but his fault for letting her go with the vampire in the first place. He also gives him a chance to become turned a vampire and then to use that to become rich, famous and successful or go back to playing dive bars with disinterested hipsters. So he gets Jennifer to turn him, she refuses and then magically just turns him just like that. On stage, now in full vampire mode, the band look like a bog-standard early teens band as they play their song. Hmm. Van Helsing tries to kill them, but is stopped by Hugo and security. 
backstage, the vampire are eating a groupie, which turns Joey's stomach. So he goes outside where he meets Victor again and accidentally kills him and eats him. So the man says, okay, they're vampires now and shit happens. Even Jeff acts okay with this. What the fuck? Newspaper and magazine spin telling the band's rising rise to fame. And months later, on a tour plane, Joey tells Jennifer he wants to become human again, just as Van Helsing comes out of the front behind a curtain and tells him he can turn them back. All they have to do is distract the lead vampire until dawn and he will finish him off once and for all and they will all be turned back human. Something that doesn't happen because vampire law you can all be turned back to human if you haven't indeed fed off a live human, which they have all the band members have done apparently. Anyway, moving on, back at Queen's Castle, the band try to keep him talking until the sun rises, so though time and time ran out, as the dawn is about to break, he of course digs out his guitar and sings him a song. Wait, what? He then sees through the ruse, so he kills the drummer, and then laughs at them, so Van Helsing shows up, as Queenie says again, that is a fucking ridiculous name, and that outfit he's wearing is ridiculous. And then Van Helsing pulls out a crossbow. Why is it always a crossbow these vampire hunters? Anyway, move on. Queenie knocks out the lights and every time Van Helsing shoots his crossbow it hits Hugo because that's funny right? While the lights are off Queenie hits him, hits Van Helsing with the truth that his wife is dead but she's been a huge hit in Japan for over 30 years and let me guess Jeff is her manager. So with the lights back on Tyler runs through Queenie with his own guitar through the heart as he just bursts into flames the head vampire dead, the band returned human, all rolling on the ground in pain and agony. Six months later, and Jennifer and Joy are bored with their suburb living life. So getting a flat tire, they pull over, as Alice Cooper, Cooper's vampire king offers them help and shows off his impressive black wingspan, and tells them he is the real vampire king, in fact he is so old school and he's turning them back, like it or not, as credits roll and a much on the nose Alice Cooper song plays. So that was suck and boy did it for a vampire rock comedy horror. This wasn't funny nor was it scary and all the little in-jokes did not work. The effects are shit, the script is lazy and I just hated it from scene one. I was totally bored with this turkey 30 minutes in. So I'm going to give this thing a 2 out of 10, it is a real chore to watch folks. Anyway, come back next week for 1986's Trick or Treat starring Gene Simmons. Then I'll look at Rob Zombie's Halloween, my most hated of all remakes. November, I look at V for Vendetta, Donnie Darko, S Darko and a November for Christmas. December is Festive Fights, we'll look at Die Hard, Die Hard 2. Batman Returns and Lethal Weapon 1. So don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Puppet or email me a movie suggestions you want me to cover or what you thought of my podcast to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Also check out my other podcasts such as The Shining, The Gremlins franchise, The James Bond franchise, The Ghoulies franchise, The Omen franchise and many, many more. And a good bye.